0: I shouldn't do funny voices. Welcome to episode thirteen of Refigure Podcast, our weekly bite on the neck of the arts. Culture, tech and diversity. I'm Reefer.
1: And I'm Christopher, episode thirteen, perfect for Halloween. How are you? Alright. Excellent. For this episode, Reefer went to a gig. She saw Bristol's hottest band Idols. I went to see True Story Theatre's production of Dracula at the Spire.
0: Dracula. You yep. Say it like that. What?
1: Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Makes go
0: me think
1: on, of that on. YouTube video about the count. Doing readings.
0: I f- slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster.
1: Once I start in, f- thing, it's very hard to stop. Hey, faster,
0: faster, it is so exciting. I could f- forever.
1: Um, it's the first bit of live theatre i've seen since we uh, started refigure
0: we also watched the whole series of chilling adventures of sabrina which went up on netflix this week so there are two more episodes of refigure still to come this season but in december we're going to do an Ask us anything arts and culture Q&A special. Can
1: you read the Facebook address again? Because my skin, like, came off the plastic of our tablecloth in a kind Your of noisy way. falling
0: off. My skin is falling off. If you want to ask us a question, please put it on the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash refigurepod.
1: The other thing you could do is record the question. This would be awesome if people just use their voice record. Use your voice record on your phone, tape a question, and then send us the audio via the Facebook page, and we'll use your actual audio in the podcast. That would be amazing wouldn't we? if we had actual people's voices talking to us. Don't forget, if you do that, to include your name and where you're from your question can be about anything something we reviewed or said on the podcast or anything about anything in the arts technology or diversity
0: all right enough of that if you're enjoying refigure please subscribe tell your friends about us and leave us a nice review such as k do i don't know if that's their real name but they left a really lovely review numerous tantalizing horizon broadening pointers If you love a signposty pod, then this will be right up your audio alley. Anyway, how shall I start? The band's called Idols, they're from Bristol, they're a five piece I think, um, all blokes, and they have an album out called Joy as an Act of Resistance and it's on Partisan Records. Um, I'm really behind the curve on them, I kind of got a bit bored of that sort of music having listened to gazillion albums like that for 100 years. However, it was so exciting. (laughs) I haven't been excited about a band or an album that's really moved me because it's political and it's funny and it's it's a bit crazy. It's about the current situation in the UK. It's about class. It's about compassion and vulnerability. The songs are off the chart. There's a line in another song that goes... It's from one of their songs called Great, as in Great Britain, and then we all chant along, and it goes G-R-E-A-T. But the lyrics say, Islam didn't eat your hamster, change isn't a crime, so won't you take my hand, sir, and sing with me in time? It's just brilliant. Anyway, Chris showed me them on Later with Jules Holland, and I got all excited because I thought that, the, especially their main single about immigration, <laughs> it's called Danny D- Nadelko.
1: <laughs> it's called... Daddy (laughs)
0: Yeah. Anyway, they've been playing this loads, this album, on BBC Six. And then they only bloody were for playing in Brighton and it was all sold out. And I put a call out on Facebook and everyone was sneering at me going, you'll be lucky, love, trying to get a (laughs) ticket into that gig. Well, I got one, So NER, and my wonderful friend, Tim Everest... Got me a ticket. Someone couldn't go, so I got a ticket anyway. And it was flipping brilliant, and I'll tell you why. I haven't seen a mosh pit like it. There were so many women there. There was also the Safe Gigs for Women um, campaign were there, who just make sure that people don't... Women, especially with getting... Don't get... Just the women have a good time, right? Rather than getting groped or weirded out. So in the middle of it, the lead singer... What's his name? Joey... Joe. Yeah, yeah, Joe something. He starts having a chat with one of his mates in the crowd. And that was fun. He does a thing where he waves at the crowd as well, waves in a really friendly way. Joe Talbot. And he also just said, I'm a feminist before he starts his song called Mother, which is about the state being mean to women who work the hardest, working class women. What else did he say? Oh, yeah, he did a shout-out to the Safe Gigs for Women and just mentioned, you know, if you're a bloke having a good time, then just be aware of where your hands are. But he never says any of this in a kind of uh, patronising way. It's all just really fun and exhilarating. And we had... I think this is, like, the best gig I've been to since I went to see Beyoncé, the Lemonade tour, in Wembley. The reason that gig was good was because, first of all, there were millions of people, and I've never been to a gig where there's thousands of people like that. It was pretty much all women. And this time I was so aware of how people were aware of themselves. We were literally at the front watching the support band and everyone was around me and was going, it's going to kick off, it's going to kick off, like going, oh, so-and-so's trying to scare me, it's going to get violent. It wasn't that sort of mosh. It was like the moshes that I remember when I was a teenager where you were having a mosh, but you weren't, like, scared for your life, (laughs) which I know maybe that's like indie gigs, a bit different to hardcore punk gigs, but anyway... But at one point, our whole little group of people just got swept up, picked off our feet and carried away like a wave gently to the other side of the room. And the mosh bit was from the stage all the way to the middle of the Concorde. And I swear to you, I have not seen that in the Concorde for a very, very long time. So I had a fantastic time. At one point, someone knocked into me briefly by accident and just patted me on the shoulder. And I was like... This is nice, isn't it? No one's gonna give me a black eye tonight. Brilliant, it was absolutely brilliant. So much energy, they're completely bonkers, but they're proper hooks and every song on that album is a killer track. Also, I've got a t-shirt and you can see that on the Refigure UK Instagram. It's basically pictures of flowers, but the labels are rude. (laughs) Chris anti Chris Anti
1: Chris Um, I didn't go to see Idols although I do really like them as a band but I feel almost like they're too close to home of um, the sort of band that would make me really upset that I wasn't doing music so I didn't go I went to some live actual theatre which I haven't done for ages I went to see True Story Theatre's production of Dracula at The Spire and The Spire is a small venue in Brighton that was a church and is now a theatre space or an arts space. And True Story are a local theatre company, quite a large ensemble, maybe twelve people, something like that in the cast. And obviously, it's a kind of like a kind of family-ish show. It says something like brave eight-year-olds and up. It's very much put on around Halloween, and so I pootled along to one of the first performances. And it's on till the fourth of November. Maybe I should say that at the end. I went along. I'm more out of curiosity than excitement to be honest but the moment I got in the queue for it because there was like a queue going in and it was unallocated seating so you basically sort of went in and sat wherever you could and there's a little bar and all the usual things but the minute I got in the queue I found myself getting properly a bit hyped for it because it was live theatre don't go enough really they'd placed two sets of audience seating faced each other so it's almost like a promenade in the middle Of the audience was where the stage was and the theatre company used the whole room immediately that the play started they were all over the the space and all in and amongst the audience and round and they used a lot of bootstrap type theatre techniques like I don't know there were huge bits of cloth being flown around to represent waves or sails and there were and they used the kind of sepulchral feel of the church really well to represent Dracula's Castle. Some of the story was told almost by a sort of Greek chorus where members of the cast would tell in rhyme the story. It was just really enjoyable and I kind of wasn't expecting it to be really enjoyable. I was kind of expecting to come away thinking, oh that's a bit lame. Like local theatre in a kind of patronizing way. But actually, it's a fully professional, beautifully acted, brilliantly directed production. I should say the guy that played Dracula, Gary Sefton, is also the director and he adapted the play. So it's like hit very much his vision. I think he kind of basically runs this theatre company. He was an excellent Dracula. He didn't look like a cheesy sort of sixties Dracula. He looked much more and, performed and moved much more like a kind of 1930s Nosferatu type Dracula there were definitely moments of melodrama and slight camp in the performance but he kind of genuinely was menacing all the way through he was on big stilts and he was a really looming figure there was some funny there was some scary it wasn't too scary but there were some genuinely disconcerting bits people did die in it and um, it was the pretty much the classic story of Dracula Oh. um Name check Miriam Grace Edwards, who played Lucy. She was brilliant, and um, Emma Kilby, who we know slightly. So they switched the genders of Van Helsing, and she played it kind of a bit like the new Doctor Who, or like an action, smart action hero type. In some ways, that cleared up some of the issues with Dracula around gender, although lots of it is still very, I don't know, old-fashioned. But it was, it was just really good. And I came away kind of properly exhilarated, like I've had a proper theatre experience. They moved incredibly well. Some bits of it felt almost like a dance montage. They created, you know that kind of thing you get in horror films of a, a horse and carriage going through the woods at night and it's all stormy and it's scary. And then you've got somebody inside the carriage and then over and above them you've got the guy cracking the whip for the horses. And they're shouting to each other. And they evoked that just with people. Just with movement and people. And yet, you knew exactly what it was. You knew exactly the feeling it was trying to convey. So yeah, it's really good. Um, So that is True Story Theatre's Dracula. It's at the Spire in Brighton. Deepest Kemptown. The other side of the hospital is in my brain where it is. Although several nights are sold out, there are still tickets for some nights. So it's on till the 4th of November. So if you're listening to this before then, I really recommend it actually. And it is suitable for kids if they're if they're kind of brave and up for a bit of scare.
0: But you told me that the children were really scared of them.
1: There were There were some kids who were really scared, not horribly, not like scared like they were ill or cried or anything, but just a bit frightened. And one thing I thought the cast did really well was at the end of the play, after the bows, the cast stayed on stage and were very normal. And then also said if anyone wanted to come and have a look, any kids had been shaken up by it, wanted to come and have a look at how they did the makeup and how they put the teeth in and just chat to them, then they could do so. And that was a really cunning, nice way of levelling it as well, uh, just in case you needed that kind of bringing back to earth of meeting the bloke that played Dracula. Really good, really good. (laughs) Yeah, so that was great. And we watched...
0: I've been really enjoying watching The Chilling Adventures. Hey, here we go. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, based on the comic book Sabrina, The Teenage Witch.
1: Archie Comics book, isn't it?
0: And also um, there's a Riverdale uh, series on Netflix as well, but I haven't got into that yet. It's got Keenan Shipka, who you'll recognise from Madman. It's also got... Lucy Davis from The Office, the British actress. That's where she's from. Oh, my God, I told you that in the first episode. I just completely forgot. She's brilliant in it. She's really
1: great, yeah.
0: But also an actor that I don't know is um, Chance Podoma. Podoma. He's brilliant in it as well. He plays a sort of, I don't know, he plays a cousin in it. But he's like this sort of character that swans about playing so Camp, being a warlock, like... Um, a sort of cross between harry potter and Withnail. <laughs> I i thought a
1: bit pre-raphaelite as well a bit like lord byron he's always leaning on stuff <laughs> he's always like lying around
0: anyway he's gorgeous so yeah, i yeah, liked it very... basically it's the reboot so they've updated it it's very diverse cast but also um it's all about smashing the patriarchy
1: On every level, the humans and the witches are all about smashing the patriarchy.
0: One of the subplots in one episode is her friend wants to have The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison in her school. And the headmaster says, no, you can't possibly have The Bluest Eye on the curriculum. And so they go and have a search in the library and realise that loads of books that are deemed unsavoury young people have been taken out of the library so they set up a a support group for women anyway it's a whole thing about the fact that books are banned for whatever reason there's also a girl that's wondering about her sexuality and her seems to be gender fluid in it and there's also all kinds of explorations around power women people who were deemed witches in the past but weren't really witches. And all wrapped up in the idea that even this sort of religion of demonic Satanism has this powerful God at the top of it who tries to control them all and they're all kind of rebelling in it. So basically the main character spends quite a lot of the time going, no, I'm not going to do that. And I love it because being a fan of things like The Worst Witch not really a Harry Potter fan at all it reminds me of quite a lot of um, Stranger Things but again that's because there's a sort of retro feel that's kind of timeless because obviously all the witches are immortal and they have been around for so long that they're kind of in this 1950s s vintage world that could be any time although sometimes somebody grabs a smartphone but not when it's important <laughs> suddenly there's not actually any you know, how, where's so-and-so? I don't know well, why don't we ring him? But yeah, they don't do that very often. And they have the internet and stuff like that in it. It actually makes you think, God, Buffy was really good. But it's like the first series of Buffy where there's still a lot of things that aren't quite right about it. But they're all giving it a good go. Yeah, I'm especially enjoying... Um, what's her name again? Michelle Gomez. Michelle Gomez is brilliant. As If you remember her from Green Wing, she plays this... spectacular witch all the way through but she's so like she's practically got an apple and going in the (laughs) background she's playing it really panto but also it's it's brilliant and it's not quite as scary as stranger things or buffy you know some of those episodes of buffy's haunt me now to this day but there's spookiness it's ideal for halloween you should just binge it
1: the shadow of buffy does loom large but you're spot on about maybe the very early series buffy wasn't as amazing as it got to be and this does feel like like even in the course of the first season it got bad towards the end once they realized what they were actually trying to do as their sort of big plot arc at the end
0: even the whole bit about the toxic masculinity there's a miner in it and he's what's his, his son's to go and be a man and go in the mines you know that's that's the patriarchy not feminism just in case you didn't know
1: i did struggle a little bit with i've been banging on too much recently about stuff that doesn't feel like it's in the real world. And for this one, they've created a very visually striking, Halloweeny, as you say, slightly 50s-y world, which is cool. And I like it. It looks attractive. But I almost feel some of the scary bits would be more scary if they contrasted with a more real, normal world. And it's got a little bit of that thing that, that these small town dramas in America get weird, where the, your world shrinks to the town, and you get the feeling that people just don't think beyond the town ta- there's never any reference to the real world or the world beyond the town and i wish there was but that's this is i'm splitting hairs it was it was really good you don't really get fun. that
0: in soap operas
1: no no you, you don't Although, mm, well, people well. in
0: eastenders aren't talking about brexit are they oh yeah they are oh are they
1: yeah 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 yeah.
0: well i'm glad you've caught up on in eastenders what well, <laughs> right, i don't know what i'm next. supposed to say <laughs> next
1: so that's what's it called again the chilling adventures of sabrina uh, the whole series is on netflix now and we've watched them all
0: what are you
1: reading for? What are you reading for? What are you reading for? What are you
0: reading for? Okay, you'll have seen these books all over the place. They're called the Do Books and they're like a spin off from the Do Lectures, which is a high end sort of conference that happens over a weekend and it's a sort of cross between a festival and a conference but everybody that goes along has to contribute I think and it's mostly people who worked in advertising agencies and they go along to this and they learn how to be better people which sounds all fabulous anyway I thought I'd buy one and I haven't bought one of these books before and I haven't really delved into them they're kind of little and they're bite-sized words of wisdom so you can buy ones on how to make better bread and how to um I don't know, other things. <laughs> well, this one's called Do Fly and it's by someone called Gavin Strange. The author is a senior creative at Ardman Animations. He also is a great proponent of side hustles, like doing your own creative projects. And so he developed something called Jam Factory and he is now a speaker at loads of things. So I am enjoying it, although... Because I see it through this lens of like, who the hell is he talking to? And it's all blokes. It's all blokes that he's referenced. It's every single thing he's references is another bloke, a quote from another bloke. There's two or three women he mentions in the whole book. He, va- he sort of says something about his boss. We only know her first name. And we hear something about his wife, like in the middle of it. And that's it. This sounds really annoying. It's, well, for me, it's annoying. But it's because when you, you, when I experience any media of any kind, I can't unsee it. However, Nikki Gattenby from Brighton Company PropellerNet wrote a massive fat book, very accessible style, and it's full of gender neutral, accessible, race neutral, everything neutral in it. But it's not necessarily. It's just a humanity book. It's a book about. Her story and uh, the guy that started, Jack, who started Propellonet, how they have created an environment where they're not trying to grow and grow their business. The profits are ploughed back into the company in order for everybody to feel part of a family almost. And people can reap the benefits of that through having something what they call a dream ball. So like people get their wishes come true out of this business so they and do they,
1: that as part of the company sort of atmosphere yeah everybody puts policy.
0: yeah everybody writes their little dream and somebody had a, a dream where they wanted to put on a festival so they put that in the dream ball it's like a bubble gum machine they've got and then they put them oh, all in there like
1: a bubble gum dispenser and then they all
0: pick one out every year i think every year And so then everybody gets involved and they put on a massive festival. And then another year, somebody wanted to do something about the homeless situation. So they collaborated with the event that I put on, she says, and we raised three grand in one evening. That was for Brighton Housing Trust. For me, a book like that is something I really want to appreciate and think about. And they're doing something really unique.
1: What's the title of that? What's that book?
0: I just said it's called Supercharged. It's by Nikki Gattenby.
1: Yeah, I know Nikki a little bit, mainly because I always want to call her Nikki Battenberg.
0: Well, her name's Nikki Gattenby, so you should treat her with a bit more respect than a cake.
1: What's more respectful than a Battenberg?
0: Well, anyway, the other book's by Gavin Strange. Gavin, hang on. I'll forget on. the other book. Hang on.
1: Nikki Battenberg's book is much better than Gary Strange's book.
0: His name's Gavin, Gavin Strange. It's fine, it's just not for me. And it- these days, I don't have time to be reading books that aren't really written for me. Everything that we consume has to have meaning, otherwise there's no point.
1: I only just start- read the first sort of intro section of Supercharged by Nikki Gattenby. Mm-hmm. Straight away, it was really engaging and I totally know what you mean, where immediately, it doesn't matter who you are, it, you'd be engaged by it. Yeah.
0: It's the thing about like what you're really trying to do filters through everything that you do, isn't it? It's having an awareness of that. So this guy, obviously he's thought quite long and hard about how he's going to make it appealing, but at the forefront of his mind is he's talking to other designers who are like him, who are into that sort of music. And that's the thing, at least, like with idols, they may all be the same sort of people on the stage, but at least they're thinking about people that aren't like them in their lyrics and in the music they're writing. The end. What are you reading?
1: Basically, I still haven't finished Robin Ince's book I'm a Joke, and so are you. But what I wanted to talk about was Lewis Hyde's book Tricks to Makes This World which was first published in 1998, but it's still in print and it's been reprinted loads of times. It's a very uh, influential book about all of the various tricksters in in history... (laughs) (laughs) All the various tricksters in history and myth and what they mean for creativity. Their kind of disruptive influence and what that means for... Well, basically, that's where culture comes from and his argument is an extraordinary argument about... If your imagination disrupts stuff around you in the everyday that's how culture emerges and it's a fascinating book it's always been a really important book um, anyway but particularly when we're in this era where kind of what could be seen at its most harmless as playful disruption such as the creating of urban myths and memes online has turned into a really dangerous Angry, enormous, worldwide, growing subculture that has been an engine for fascism and an engine for intolerance. I'm rereading it partly through those eyes to think, to sort of think to myself: Is there a problem here? I had a little conversation on Twitter with David Plotz, who's the editor of Atlas Obscura, he used to be the editor of Slate, and he was talking on one of their podcasts about how dangerous it is that people kind of do these kind of snarky arguments in the opinion press where they are taking a position that they don't really hold and just prodding at other people, kind of like trolling and I sort of slightly challenged them, although politely because that's something that Slate did as it developed as a high-profile website they invented contrarianism as a writing form. They became the home of Christopher Hitchens. It's like one of the big places that nurtured the idea of we are so kind of pragmatic and clever and interesting that we'll take any old argument and we'll argue the opposite view just for the sake of it. Like, we are the world's digital devil's advocate. And he oversaw a lot of that and yet now he's himself, Plots himself, is uncomfortable with with where it's reached. A debating society where you have to take one side of an issue it doesn't matter what you really feel we're in a time where you have to passionately argue for what you really, truly believe. And that's where politics is screwed up as well. Anyway, uh, that's why I'm rereading. I might cut all that out. Um, I no,
0: I thought it was really good.
1: Uh, and it's called Trickster Makes This World. David Foster Wallace said, Lewis Hyde is one of our true superstars of non fiction, both brilliant intellectually, literarily, and wise psychologically, spiritually, you name it. Silly old yeah, David you Foster name Wallace. So it is an important book, um, and it's worth rereading now in a new era.
0: Have we got a new jingle?
1: No, I don't think I don't think I'll, it'll be ready for this week. It might be ready for maybe we'll do it for the specials or something. I don't know.
0: Okay. Thanks very much for listening. We really
1: appreciate your ears. Thank you One very much. One
0: really appreciates. One really uh, th- have a spooky, spooky Halloweeny
1: bonfire night. Frazz- Burn some
0: on a fire.
1: Put some stuff on a fire. I'm
0: not into bonfire night. I think it's bad. That's my... Benefit.
1: I love bonfires, though. That's
0: my stance. Yeah, it's one thing having a campfire, and there's another thing burning effigies.
1: Yeah, well... Or books. We know. Bad. Don't do it. Don't do it.
0: Pilot. Pew!
1: Pew! If you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe, and give us a nice rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash... RefigurePod, that's facebook.com slash refigurepod, or on Instagram.
0: Refigure UK, that's refigure UK. Excellent. Excellent. Farewell. Farewell. Don't get lost in the night. Don't go downstairs. Don't go down to the woods. Don't open that cupboard. Don't. <coughs> making me scared now Monsters Stop now Stop it